attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome back to another week of Gen D, Generation Disney, also known as uh, peeling in, peeking inside, peeling back our heads. I don't know. It's been a day, guys. Peeking inside the brains of Adam and Dana uh, and all the things about Disney that we have to say and share and think. It's it's our brains. Our brains aren't on drugs. Our brains are on Disney all the time. They are. Sad. They are. And I don't know about you, Adam, but my brain's a little fried right now because it is like a hundred degrees in yeah, Los Angeles, and yeah, it's, it's about that in New York too. Uh, no, I went running because you all know the team and training stuff I do. Uh, we had team and training this morning, and it was a hundred percent humidity and about eighty degrees, so pure misery, and everybody was soaking wet. So <laughs> that was that was that one. But Dana, I was thinking because we, I feel like. You know, all eight of our listeners have followed along on the drama of when we try to get reservations and do these things. And I don't think we updated the latest for our upcoming uh, grand return to Disneyland in August. But uh, Dana and I, so did we talk about this? We talked about this. So we have a trip in mid-August. We talked about this. No, no, we we didn't tell them that we... (laughs) Um, No, we have a trip coming up in mid-August, and our goal is to get into the fancy room in the Lamplight Lounge, which you can't reserve it. Okay, so maybe we didn't talk about this. (laughs) We've talked about our wanting for this, but we're going to put this in action because we have 14 people going, and we made two separate seven-person reservations, and we're going to try to combine them and pray for us all that we can get our collective party into that secret room at Lamplight Lounge. Yeah, I it's Let's I've see. known about the secret room for a long time. I'm a sucker for a speakeasy type of thing where you have to like figure out the entrance anyway. And so now that we know this is there, we've got our two parties of seven because it wouldn't let you like they wouldn't let you make one reservation for 14. So we are rolling deep. I think this is the deepest we've rolled. <laughs> Disney. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous, but we're going to we're going to make it work. <laughs> Well, folks, we have a very special episode scheduled for you guys today. Um, It's super special because we have not one, not two, but three former cast members who have joined us on the podcast today who are going to share their incredible stories uh, working at Disneyland. I think one of you might have worked at Disney World as well for a minute. Um, Yes, yes. Um, I didn't ask you guys this, but I'm going to guess that collectively you guys have all worked there for like 15, 20 years if we combined all of your times. So I'm so excited to introduce, we have Rudy and Steven gonzalez Workentine here on the podcast. Rudy and Steven live now in Central California, but they for decades have worked at the parks in various positions. And we also have their dear friend, Jen Anderson, who my understanding has worked in several roles as well, including opening uh, California Adventure. So I have a lot of questions. Oh yeah, Jen, just that. brace yourselves. We got, we got questions on the opening of that park. <laughs> So from, I think, everything from roles in custodial, attractions, merchandise, even some management roles, um, we're going to dive on into it. And so welcome, you three. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Hello. Excited. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, I think, the largest amount of people we've had on the podcast. We're rolling deep here, too. We'll just start adding more more people. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, this is so great. So thank you guys. So I guess let's just dive right on into it. I'd love to hear about each of your kind of experiences at Disney. And we have a lot of specifics we'll get into, but maybe each of you can give us kind of the overall story of your, your Disney story, maybe your first job, other different roles that you've had. I'm sure that it will, it's, I, Stephen in particular is probably a little bit longer because you, I mean, you've had like 10 roles there, but maybe we start with Jen. Jen, I'd love to hear your story of how you found yourself working at Disney and what your career path was there. Sure. So um, I have been a lifetime Disney fan, and uh, that comes from my dad. And I grew up in Sacramento. That's where I live now. And we had annual passes even when I was a kid. Like, we would go down all the time. So when I went to UC Irvine for college, it was like a no-brainer. I'm getting a job at Disneyland. And um, so that was in 1997. And so I'm like an older generation, D. (laughs) (laughs) And um, applied and... um, kind of a weird interview story. Maybe we could talk about that. But I was going to do stores, but then they moved me to attractions, which is amazing. And um, so I started in Fantasyland Attractions, working Storybook Land. It was its own little unit called Narrations at the time with like Jungle Cruise and other talking places. And then I got trained on Space Mountain. And then from there, I did um, some Disney University right before the park opened, the DCA opened because we had to hire so many people. So I did that and then moved over to the opening team for DCA and worked in Hollywood. Super fun to talk about. I got to work and open Superstar Limo, which <laughs> was amazing. I have, Dana was hoping I have all for the this. questions. Dana was so this, hoping I, for this. Adam and I talked about an hour before, and I was like, I have to ask her all the questions, specifically if she rode Superstar Limo <laughs> and that hot mess of a ride, and I want her thoughts. And yeah, yes. Okay, we'll yes. get into it later. Opening crew went over in November before the park opened. It was part of the test of adjust crew for that. Amazing. And so then I kind of bounced around Hollywood for a bit, still doing Disney University because I did orientation and uh, the train the trainer classes and lead classes and just a bunch of stuff with them. And then I ended up um, going through, they brought emerging leaders back. So I went through the second round of that in like 2003 or so, right after college and um, worked in scheduling for a while there. And eventually left in 2006, I was a TA uh, payroll assistant manager, and then I ended up leaving. So kind of bounced around a little bit. That's amazing. That's so great. Um, Okay, Rudy, tell us, I'm saving you for last, Stephen, because yours is going to be the longest. But Rudy, tell us about your experience working for Disney. Oh, sure. Well, I started uh, with a company in 2003 in Walt Disney World doing the college program out there. I was a cast member for 18 years and ended uh, my tenure at the Disney, our local Disney store when they closed last year. Oh, yeah. The Disney <laughs> stores that, that, okay. That's super sad. Uh, but the college program, we're big fans of the college program here. Cause that's what I did as well. Yes, definitely. I recommend it to anybody who needs a, a path and needs to find their way in the world. <laughs> Amazing. And you met your husband working for Disney. I did. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll get into that story in a little bit because it's adorable. It actually involved Jen, too. So, <laughs> oh. Okay. And now, Stephen, you got to tell us what's been your Disney history, Disney career history. Okay. So, yeah, like you've mentioned, I've worked a lot of jobs for Disney. I was very fortunate. And I will say that Jen is actually who inspired me to work for Disney because we both met on my first day of college at UC Irvine. And Jen got a job with Disney right away, pretty much. And I saw how much fun she was having. So I went down and interviewed and got hired. I was told that I was going to be working storybooks. So I was really excited to work with Jen. 
and ends up I was in the parking lot and I was like, no, that's, that's not going to work for me. I need to be in the park. I need to be, you know, uh, closer to my friends. So I ended up working at star tours. I worked there for a few months, um, left because of school obligations. Both Jen and I were theater majors and we were in shows and, you know, things like that. And I came back, I worked interventions when we first, or when they had shows back in the day. So the Honeywell at home game show, and it's tough to be a bug where they would put you on a green screen and shrink you down. And it was really fun. It's a great experience. Then I left again for school and I came back several years later, started at Disney dining. So when you guys are talking about those reservations. I know all about that. Um, I could give you the inside scoop there. We're a nightmare, aren't we? (laughs) Hot take. Steven, do you think we're going to get that room? No, but but you know what? Let's believe in the magic. Yes, I do. The problem with this Uh, two seven tops is you (laughs) never know if they're going to come up at the same time. That's why they can't give it to you. We got it at the same time. We We literally, our two seven tops are the exact same time. Oh, then why can't they just combine you? They're not next to each other. That could be it. I don't know. It's not till August. I don't have 18 and a half hours to sit on hold waiting for somebody to answer at Disney right now. So <laughs> maybe I think we're just going to try it. We're going to get there and we're going to try. We're going to try. But this whole they've got to do something because thank goodness we live on the East Coast because getting up for 6 a.m. to grab reservations is much easier than it was when we lived on the West Coast. And you had to wake set that alarm for like 2.58 a.m. to like roll out of bed and try to get the reservations like. I don't know. It's just, and people do it because they're gone. Like the good ones are gone. They are. And also Adam, way to rub it in. We are all still West coast. So we also have to yeah. get up at 3am if we want to. Oh yeah. But now I've got your login and password. So Dana's like, Oh, you're getting up to get a reservation. Here's my login and password. Get me one too. <laughs> I might use that again to my advantage soon. Okay. So you were working in dining with reservations. Yep. Working at Disney dining. Um, that was in, I started in December of 2006 And a couple months in, I learned about the Dream Squad, which is part of the Year of a Million Dreams. And I was very fortunate to have a very cool manager named Kathy, who was like, yeah, you've only been here three months, but I will let you go and interview for the Dream Squad. So I went, did that. I was ended up on the Dream Squad for almost a year. I became their core trainer and their subject matter expert. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that's where we delivered prizes to people in the parks. You had to be in the right place at the right time. I got a prize. Somebody gave us like, it was a Disney world, but somebody gave us like a lanyard with all the, with a bunch of fast passes on it. Yeah. The dream fast pass. That's awesome. I found mine. I got the same thing, but at Disneyland, it was the lanyard and I'm a weirdo and I must've saved it uh, because I found it like a week ago. It's in my bedroom. Um, And apparently I didn't even use much of it because it still had a few of the tabs, but I'll have to take a picture and send it to you, Steven. That's awesome. I love it. it. Well, the biggest prize I gave away was a transatlantic cruise. So somebody won a 14 day cruise and it was pretty fun year, but I should call it two years because it lasted for two years. Uh, So from there I went into entertainment. Um, I was, I, I just have to say one thing and I know we're going to come back to it, but like, it's just, sorry, my brain pops and I got to say it. You would think with the 50th anniversary of Disney World, they would have brought something like this back, like these random spontaneous prizes and blah, 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 and things like that in the parks, like those magical things that happen. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. Like, there's nothing like that. They didn't even do anything. Like, here's some statues and some shows. Cute. Anyway, soapbox done. Just 
two cents on that one. <laughs> Feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Winnington Entertainment was a lead on um, a couple parades there. So basically, I would do the rehearsals and um, walk along the parade route with the performers. So should anything happen? So I was on the opening crew of the Pixar Play Parade over in California Adventure. I worked on the electrical parade that when it was in California Adventure. And then did Parade of Dreams a few times and some pre-parades, my favorite being the Muppets. I love the Muppets. So that was really cool. Um, I actually got to meet Miss Piggy, the real Miss Piggy. Wait, they had a Muppets parade? They did. It was so awesome. Yes. I don't know how I missed that. That's incredible. It was so cool. One of my favorite career moments was running the rehearsals with the actual performers of the Muppets teaching our parade performers how to do Kermit and Miss Piggy. And I got to meet the Miss Piggy, the real one, meet real Kermit. My favorite part was Miss Piggy's handler. Okay. Uh-huh. She, you could not get any, like you can't get within six feet of her puppet. Like she's like very protected. So it was really fun. Wow. <laughs> Miss Piggy's not a puppet though. I don't know what you're oh, talking right. about. Yeah, she's, she's, she's real. She's a Muppet. Yes. <laughs> She's a there Muppet. Uh, well, I mean, Miss Piggy, of course, would have an intense handler because it's Miss Piggy. She's such a diva. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, she lived up to that reputation. Um, okay, so did entertainment. After being a lead, I became a position called cast concierge, which is basically for new hires when they're coming in. I was kind of their um, go-to person. So if they had their rehearsal schedules or their wig fittings or whatever it was, they would contact me. And then I also was, in a sense, as assistant to the parade managers. And from there, I went into management. I ended up as a manager in custodial. I was in custodial for a few years in Disneyland Park. From there, I became... And that's how you met our good friend, Andrew Cover, yes! who is a fan favorite. <laughs> I love Andrew and Katie. They're awesome. And I was Andrew's manager in custodial. So, yes. Oh, so you were the one that told him he couldn't um, paint the Mickeys with the water, huh? That was not me. No. <laughs> I, would, I would have let him do whatever he wanted. The college program mm-hmm. was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I oversaw the parade cleanup. So when Andrew was talking about all the confetti, yeah, that was me, the manager out there with that. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, so did uh, custodial for a while. And then I went into recruitment. So I became a recruiter for the parks. I hired for all of the positions, the hourly positions in the parks. Um, my clients were like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, the sketch artists, the, oh my gosh, my mind is blanking, but the people who do the cutting of your face. Silhouette. Oh, the silhouette. Silhouette artists. Yes. Yep. Those yeah. I hired for all of those. And then after that, I did a stint as a facilitator for a new training program that came actually from Florida. So we had at Disneyland, we had four keys, safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. I'm so glad that they've added a fifth key now with diversity. That's awesome. But we were bringing the basics over from Florida. So it became the four keys basics. And I was a facilitator for that. I taught about 3000 different cast members on how to go above and beyond and guest service. And then from there, I wanted to branch out in the company and learn something outside of parks. So I became an executive assistant for Walt Disney International up in Burbank. I was based in the really famous building with the seven dwarves that are holding up the roof right there on the studio lot. Yep. I know that building quite well. (laughs) We, I I lived in Burbank for a decade and um, been to that lot so many times. It's the most adorable building because it's all seven of them and they look like it's kind of like the roof is falling on them a little bit. So they're like propping it up with their (laughs) arms and it's so cute. So the lore for that building is it was designed that way because back in the day, Snow White is actually what carried the company. So now it's the seven doors and symbolizing that they are carrying the company by holding up the roof. (laughs) 
I love that. Right? Well, I don't know if it's true, but that's the lore. So <laughs> I like that. I'll accept it. Yeah. Okay. So from Walt Disney International, I worked, we worked with all the 45 different countries around the world that has Disney in it that were outside of parks. So anything from marketing, licensing, television, et cetera. And then from there, I went over to uh, Walt Disney Imagineering. I worked for Disney Parks Live Entertainment. So I worked for the head of all live entertainment globally. Any show, any performer, any fireworks spectacular, they all basically were tiered up to this one person. So it was really fun to work with all of our entertainment venues around the world. And I shared with you earlier that I had a room there that had the five years, the next five years of entertainment. So I got to see all the upcoming shows and things for around the world, which was really cool. That's cool. Um, Was there a job you didn't do there? (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> Dude, did you? How, so, how many years total did you have with the company? Uh, just shy of twelve years. That's the best part about uh, the company. Is you can work for the. Same. So, what did you get? You got the little the 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 pin at five years, and then the ten year is. What do they give you for the ten year? They give you this plaque. Ah, that the one above you. Oh, uh, so you just missed, wasn't fifteen? The Lion King statue. Wait, so you do have fifteen? Uh, that's Rudy's. Ah, so Rudy, you were there fifteen. Uh. That's oh, that's the Fantasia one, right? Correct. I have a friend at ABC who just got the Lion King one. What's that one? Is that like 20 years or something? Yeah. 20? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So amazing. So we have three people here who know like everything (laughs) about Disney, specifically Disneyland, but like even Disney World, like you guys have this on lock. You know all about this company, which is amazing. Should we, Jen, I'm like, I kind of want to ask you first, Jen, about the opening of DCA. Like, we've talked to a couple of people who've been around, like, when DCA first got off the ground, and it was that cute little park. And I don't know, have any of you guys been to Disneyland Paris before? No. Okay, but so basically, like, what I feel like DCA is, was, is what Walt Disney Studios in Disneyland Paris is right now. It's just a hot mess of, like... <laughs> random stuff everywhere makes no sense like and that's what i get the sense dca was when it first opened like it was just a hodgepodge of like stuff and they were just like here you go put it there in the old parking lot to disneyland and call it a day is that about right it feels like it i remember when i hired in like they obviously have been planning it already i got to park in the old cast parking lot which you know was like right at the park for like three months. And then they moved us over to Catella a lot. So I got like a little bit of that for the few shifts I had. And I remember when I heard about DCA, I was like, I don't get it. Like we're in California. Why won't I just go to those places and stuff? But as it got closer to the opening, it became like a really big deal. And like, I remember if you were interested, you would like go to the team center and like sign up and say, Hey, I'm interested in maybe transferring to DCA. So I did that and it was really cool because the manager, I was in attractions, so I was just going to stay in attractions and the manager at the time for Hollywood attractions when it opened called me and we had like a 45 minute conversation about like what was going to be in Hollywood and attractions and like what I could work and all of this stuff. And it just felt like really cool. Like, oh, okay, maybe this is, this is kind of fun. And then I was on the, um, the opening and kind of last part of the test and adjust team for Superstar Limo. So like I said, I went over in like November and that felt really cool because I got like a little badge that I got to wear and I got to wear like jeans and, you know, not a costume. <laughs> so, okay. Honest opinion on Superstar Limo. May it rest in peace. <laughs> so this is, this is my conundrum with Superstar Limo because I can see it like the casual viewer 
but you need to understand that some of my best friends I have in life right now are from that time. Like two of my best girlfriends, Tina and Tanya. So I can't look at it with like a normal audience eyes. Like I look through that. I will say the monsters overlay. I don't, I guess it's not an overlay. It was like a change. It is better. Like we can all agree <laughs> that monsters Inc is cute. Love the monsters Inc ride. Yeah. I do love that superstar limo is still in it though. Because all of the yellow, um, what are they called in Monsters, Inc.? The Children Detection Agency. Those are the characters from Superstar yeah. Limo. So, yeah, all their poses. Wait, like, I didn't know that. Jackie Chan, he was up on the thing. And Drew Carey with the, the maps coming out and all of that. Yeah. Those are all the characters. Under there's Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas and Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that next time. I'm going tomorrow to Disneyland. Yes. So I'm going to DCA. So I'll have to go take a look. <laughs> the funniest thing about Superstar Limo was so when the park opened, like I remember when we had um, annual pass holder preview. So I guess this was probably before the park opened and probably some of the cast member previews, but this was more specifically for the annual pass holder previews. We had the longest line. It was insane. So super, and it's probably just because there were less attractions, right? Like you mentioned, it was kind of a hodgepodge. Lots of restaurants, right? That was a complaint when DCA opened. Lots of restaurants, lots of stores. Nothing to do is what they said. And Hollywood only had Muppet, Vision 3D, Superstar Limo, the animation building, and probably Steps in Time at Hyperion. So it wasn't like there was a whole lot to do there. So we had a long line. Like people waited two hours to get on Superstar Limo. <laughs> and oh, no. I would be working to unload, so, you know, like when you get off. And people, there were people who hated it so much. They would get off and be like, that was a waste of my time. To me, like, I'm like, I didn't create <laughs> It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, also, maybe don't wait two, li- two hours in line for like a dark ride. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. That was a waste of time. Um, so, but, but then my other question is, because you worked on attractions at Disneyland, Mm-hmm. Story. Both you and Stephen worked on Storybook Canals, right? Is that or just Storybook? Explain that. He wanted to, but he didn't get to. Told me I was going to get Storybook, and I got Star Tours. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Aww. But you, Jen, you were on Storybook. I have to say, I had never done Storybook Canals until last October when we went to Disneyland. We took our son, and he was enthralled. Like staring at the cast member. I mean, my son was a little bit, not even a year at that point, staring at the cast member the whole time, like, oh, tell me more. Like, it was like, <laughs> that seems it's the like the best. I love that ride. Super fun. Also, I, that boat terrifies me, and I think it's going to sink every time because it's like this tiny boat they pile all these people on. And they're like the same boats. Like, I just went on it a couple weeks ago because I don't think I really went on it a lot as a kid, but now that I worked it, I, I think it's so cute. I loved it. So that was the first attraction I got hired to. It was funny because when I went through my interview, like I said, it was narration. So it was like that, Mr. Lincoln, Jungle Cruise, so all the things where you talk a little bit more. And there was me and this other girl in our like interviews and they were going to select where we went. And she just looked more Jungle Cruise because I, of course, wanted Jungle Cruise because that's like the most fun. But I got story to play and I was like, okay. And I loved it because I was a freshman in college, a drama major, like Stephen said. I was like, I get to just get paid to talk on a microphone. This is awesome. And like people watch me. I love this. And, and it was, it was super fun. It was funny too, back at that time too, because there was maybe less uh, worry about safety in some ways. So we would like pack the boats and we would get kids sitting on the front, sit on the top with us, like wherever we could fill those boats. And, um, and it was funny because people would like video, t- like record it on their, you know, big old camcorders and they would like be recording me. And I was like, don't you want to record what you're seeing? Like, are you going to go home and just watch me on the boat? <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was super fun. I will say, just so all of the listeners know, that uh, it is outdoors. People see Monstro and think it's inside. And so on a rainy day, we still would run unless there was lightning. Um, so we're just looking like drowned rats. And we would tell people like, okay, you go through Monstro and then you're back outside. And then we would get through Monstro and they'd be like, oh, why is it raining? <laughs> has the um narration changed at all since you worked there a little bit yeah they changed some stuff up which i think they could probably do a little bit more um it didn't change at all when i was there but like there used to be this section kind of near the end called the old mill which is i think a silly symphony like i'm not even that familiar with it and no one knew what that was and they made that arendelle so i thought like that's a really great change they have like three sections of aladdin i feel like they could take one of those and do something with it um, but that was the, the biggest change was kind of the, the Arendelle place. So I just figured out the change. The lamp is really cute inside that little cave that you go into for Aladdin, but they should turn that into the seven dwarves mine and put gems yes. everywhere. And like no. each seven dwarf can be. Uh, that well, would be Snow so White cuter. is right after on the other side of the cave. See? You go in and right. it's Snow White See, and it Cinderella. Works perfectly. Yeah. You're welcome, Disney. I hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I listened to your other, I listened to the episode with you and Kim, who needs to get knocked off her fan favorite pedestal. I think it's, she's taking it to oh, her yeah. head too much. And yet yeah, you guys has. were obsessed with the gems in the Seven Doors Mine Train at Disney World. Oh, yeah. I personally think I don't get the ride. I don't get the hype. And like, just give me the Snow White Scary Adventures back. Like, I want the terrifying, <laughs> that version of Snow White. None of this happy-go-lucky. Everything's great. Like, the movie is terrifying. And the ride should the ride should replicate how terrifying the movie is. Adam, I mean, Adam, it's think the about first it. Disney movie. You gotta love it. You gotta love it for its its history. I but I love the realness of it. Like bring that back. I want the tear of the like, you know, the Huntsman chasing down Snow White. Like give me the, no. I'm kidding. Anyways, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Jen, that like. I, that sounds super fun. Like, I think those would be the job. Like, every time Kurt and I go to the parks, we're always like, the like that Jungle Cruise, like any of those rides, we get to like talk through it. I mean, we just actually just watched an old YouTube video, the great movie ride from Disney World. Oh, that would have been the best job to be the person on the great movie ride. Like, I would have fought tooth and nail to get that job. The fun thing about Storybook Land, too, I don't know if they still do this, but we closed for the parade. So you get, like, a break in your shift. Like, you wouldn't always be doing that. And, like, when I hired in, they were doing the Hercules and the Milan parade. So we would, it was, like, a little bit of variety. Nice. Okay, I have an attractions question for both Jen and Steven, since you both worked in attractions. Is there, like, I mean, we all know Jungle Cruise is coveted for the same reasons you just said, Jen, that everybody's wants it but um is there like a section in disneyland that's more coveted than another like that everybody wants to work either that single ride or that section of rides over another section i would say at disneyland when i was there we had a big east side west side like whatever side you were on that was the better side so i was an east sider so i would say that and i would say space mountain was like the best attraction and so people wanted to work that probably on the east side space mountain and matterhorn people would probably be like oh no mine's better but i think space mountain was better (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I got to work it. Well, I love Space Mountain so much. I Um, would agree. Space Mountain was where everybody wanted to be. That and Main Street Vehicles. Because, you know, the Main Street Vehicles cast was really small. So everybody wanted to work that. I would say like trains and vehicles. Like you felt like those people were a little bit elite. Like you're like, how that's the cool, like for some reason. I, I thought that too. Oh, I mean, I have an entire theory about the like hierarchy of Disney people. 
where you've got like, you know, <clears throat> Dana, who is a character, they're like the like royalty, right? And then you've got like, and I know this is not true in everybody's equal, but in my head, I've like got this, especially because Dana said they got to stay in the fancy dorms at the Disney College program. And meanwhile, her husband, who was working merch, was in like the crummy dorm. And I was like, you're telling me there's no like hierarchy between like, ooh, we're the face people. And oh, we're the attraction people. Oh, we're the merch people. Oh, we're the dining people. Mm, to I be think. clear, they did not. Our jobs did not determine which uh, <laughs> uh, uh, apartment complex we were in. But no, uh-huh. I want to ask Rudy because Rudy, Rudy, you have a soft spot in my heart because I think you you and my husband had the same type of role in the college program because he also worked at a resort. But he, yeah, he got stuck with Vista Way, which I don't know if you remember that one. Yes, I, I started off in uh, Chatham Square. Unfortunately, that's, that's where I was. There was very few, not enough uh, college program to keep it open, so they condensed everybody into Vista Way. Oh no! So I had to move from my one bedroom apartment in Chatham Square to Vista Way with a two bedroom. Yeah, it was not the happiest time for. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Ugh, gross. Well, tell us about your time in the in Florida at the college program. What what were your kind of big memories of that experience? Oh wow. Um well, I started at uh, Captain, Captain Cook's Quick Service restaurant at the Polynesian uh resort and again, there were a large exodus of cast members, um, especially the college program at the time, um, two to three months into my program. And the Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show, may it rest in peace, had lost all of their college program and they hadn't um, requested replacements. So they were trying to pull any college program that was available in other locations at the resort to help. And so I went and transferred over there for the rest of my uh, program. And I loved it. I fell in love with the show, the people that worked there, the performers. I hung out with them. I had an amazing rest of my college program, even though I had to live in Vista Way. Wow. I feel, I don't feel your pain. My husband feels your pain on the Vista Way (laughs) shenanigans, but um, that's amazing. And so after your college program, when when did you end up coming back to the West Coast and working for Disney again? Well, I stayed out there for two years. Um, I'm originally from California, so I hadn't seen my family except for twice in two years. And I was like, no, I need to see them a little more often than that. And you know what? There's this wonderful park that's also Disney on the West Coast as well. So I'll go ahead and transfer over there. And at the time, I was working at the front desk of Port Orleans. Yeah. And so I um, applied for the front desk out here, and they gave me the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, it's my oh, favorite. You're so lucky. <laughs> it's that, that's, I mean, that's where we're staying in yep, August. Yep. Adam and I are staying at the we're Disneyland staying Hotel. We're all staying there. I that is hands down my favorite Disney hotel is the Disneyland Hotel. My least favorite is your other hotel you worked at. One of my least favorite is Port Orleans. Oh, you don't I, like Port Orleans? <laughs> uh, were, were you at Riverside or French Quarter? Well, they're they're actually staffed by the same same cast yeah, members. So depending on it. your schedule, you were either working the front desk at Port Orleans, uh, Riverside, or French Quarter. So we stayed at French Quarter for our honeymoon. We went down for our honeymoon. We stayed at Riverside for a night this last trip. And I got to say, I mean, Dana and I, I guess I can say this. Wow, I got to do time travel in my head to make this work. 
in the episode you're going to have just listened to, Dana and I <laughs> really went to town about the moderate resorts. So like just that they're not worth it. They're crummy. They're not well taken care of. And you're better off staying at a value resort if you're going to go cheap or just spend the money and go to a deluxe resort at this point. Because the moderates, like, I, I don't know when the last time you went to Port Orleans Riverside was, but the rooms are just like, and I said this last week, it's like some blue paint on the wall, maybe a picture hanging, like just bad. I was like, this is not, oh, they're bad. They're bad. I'm not, I'm done with the moderate resorts. Well, you know, the moderates are either you love them or you, you, you hate them. <laughs> Cause there are huge fans of the moderates and they are loyal to them. There's a time when they were, they were like really a good affordable mm-hmm. option. I think my issue with them more right now is that their price tag is super high and you could stay for like a hundred to 150 bucks cheaper at a value. And they're kind of the same layout more or less, or you spend like a hundred bucks more for a deluxe. So it yep. just feels like it's a, just, just and the values, high for me right now. They've more recently renovated the value resorts. And so like pop century, the rooms are actually really good right now compared to what you'd get at, you know, the other ones. Anyway, that's my rant, but Disneyland hotel. So you were, you went and worked there one of the most magical moments we've had with our son at the parks is last time we went to Disneyland, we stayed at the Disneyland hotel and we wheeled Noah in and the stroller and this front desk cast member came up and just gave him a stu- little stuffed Mickey and was like, welcome to the Disneyland hotel. Here's a stuffed Mickey, cut the tag off it and just gave it to him. And he like lit up and he still has it in his crib with him right now. Um, oh, that's awesome. So what was that? What was that like working at the Disneyland Hotel? Well, you have to remember, I worked at the Disneyland Hotel before it was refurbished, and the whole courtyard was redone. So I remember it as the marina still, and the uh, Lost Bar was out there. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Trader Sam's yet, uh, so it was quite the experience um, working there. Um, the rooms hadn't been refurbished, so the electrical was still old, the original from 1955, and the water. <laughs> so, you know, things needed to be upgraded and um, remodeled back to the studs, which it was eventually. But, yeah, there was a lot of um, calls from guests who were not happy that their uh, water pressure was low at 8 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is taking a shower at the same time. <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was it was interesting. It was it was quite the fun experience that you would expect at the front desk at the Disney Hotel. Okay, so then tell us where were you working when you eventually met Stephen, and tell us a little bit about your guys's um, love story, which it sounds like incorporates Jen as well. So <laughs> it does. Um, I actually after the front desk of the Disney Hotel, I transferred to the Team Center, which is the employee store. Uh, for cast members of the design resort. And I just happened to be working one day at our offsite location, which is accessible to cast members and their guests and their family. And in walks my latest guest, who is Jen, her father, and Steven. So let me let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. So Jen's dad is a super Disney fan. He is probably a bigger Disney fan than we are. And when you're at the offsite team center, there's Company D and there's the team center. So Company D is open to cast members and their guests. And the team center is open to just cast members. So only cast members can buy the merch there. And I told Jen's dad this before we went. I said, hey, 
I think Jen told him too. So we were telling him, you can only look at company D. If you want something from the, from the team center, just tell us and we'll go get it. But you don't go get it. Right. Well, he, fo- he didn't follow any of the rules. He was in the team center picking things up. I want this. I want this. I want this. And at the time the company was pretty strict about selling, you know, the team center merch to normal people. Right. And so I look up and here is this guy behind the counter just rolling his eyes, just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, it was the funniest thing. I couldn't believe it. I was like <laughs> laughing because he had no shame, Like right? He's just doing it right in front of us, right, like just rolling his eyes. So I was like, I got to get to know this guy. So luckily we were, um, that night, or maybe it was a couple nights later, it was candlelight procession rehearsal and both of us were in candlelight. And so I saw that he was a tenor, and I was like, I'm going to go sit next to him. And so that's how we met. Oh, <laughs> well, I love that. And also, can you guys explain what Candlelight Processional is in case people don't know what that is? Yeah, sure. So every year, um, Disneyland and Walt Disney World have um, a show, the Candlelight Processional, that happens during the holiday time. They get a famous narrator who comes in and reads the story of Christmas. And then we have a choir made up of cast members, as well as hundreds of other choirs from around Orange County or throughout California that come and they sing during this production. So it takes place right on Main Street. They build the living Christmas tree made out of cast members. We're up there in our green robes and we're singing and we process down Main Street. It used to be from Small World all the way down to Town Square. And then we would do the show and it was the greatest experience. Just a really nice holiday feel for everyone. Oh, Jen, did you do this one as well, the processional? I did not. I wish I had. Maybe if uh, Stephen and I had worked together in the parks, we would have done it since we were in the musical theater and stuff. But amazing. Okay, so tell us, I, Stephen. We I, how much what time do you even do we start get? with? You, you're, <laughs> I don't know. It's so many jobs. I, um, it's so, like I, I want to start with, with the year of a million dreams because. Yeah, Yes, because I think that's where I have the most because questions, and it had to have been the most fun. Yes, that was one of my best jobs I had, not just at Disney, just in general, period, one of my favorite jobs. I never experienced it at Disneyland, but I was saying earlier, we got that thing at Disney World. This was also when I worked at Good Morning America at ABC, and we gave away the Cinderella Castle Suite to a family of GMA watchers and we did a whole thing, went up in the suite, shot them in there, surprised them there that they got to stay in the suite that night. So I got a little taste of what you guys got to do, but like, man, what was it like? What are some of the stories? Like, do you ever look back at it and you know, and be- yes. before we get into that, can you very quickly just remind us yeah. what was the year of a million dreams so people remember, you know, because it was over a decade ago? Yeah, gosh, guy, feel old, but yes, yeah. <laughs> so the year of a million dreams was one of Disney's promotions, and it basically was anybody who was in the parks could win prizes. The smallest prize was what we were talking about earlier one of those fast passes that could get you onto all the attractions, a dream pass, or you could get like, um, Year of a Million Dreams pins, special pins, but the largest prize that we gave away, they gave away four of them, maybe more. And it was um, the family got to be the grand marshal in all theme parks around the world. So they got to fly around the world and be the grand marshal in each parade in each theme park. How cool is that? That's amazing. Yeah, that'll run you a hundred thousand dollars right now on the new Disney private jet. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah we we love that i text jen i was like well if we all pitch in she goes no no that's a hundred thousand a person i was like oh 
Right. Okay. Yeah. We're not doing that. (laughs) Year of a million dollars. Yeah. So yeah, we gave away the, um, the dream suite, which is right above the pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that was a daily prize we gave away. So guests got to stay the night in the parks. That was really fun. I'll tell you two quick stories. So my first story was, I should say this first. So we had atomic watches. They were set to a satellite. There was this special little receipt printer in the office for the dream squad that would print out our location to where we were going. And it would say something like Astro Blasters, rocket number two, back row, left seat, 1042 AM. So we would go there, we would hide out. We would then have to put on our dream white vests. And let me tell you, the annual pass holders started looking for those white vests and they would find us. But we had to go behind the bushes or behind scenes and put on our white vest that we run out and then we'd spot the person who's in that seat. We'd wait for it to stop. And then we would approach them and we would try to present them with the prize. And when I wasn't handing out prizes, I was just walking around the parks and I was just helping people. Like my job literally was to make magical memories. So I would just walk up to a couple and say, oh, what attraction are you guys going on? And they're like, Space Mountain. I said, great, I'm going to backdoor you. Or I would get them viewing to the parades or I would you know, get them free popcorn or whatever it is just to create magical memories all day long. It was the best job. So much fun. It just like makes me super nostalgic for that time a decade ago because that was such a special experience. And uh, truly, I think it's why everybody loves Disney so much is we love the rides. We love the atmosphere. Yes, those things are still there. But it's those cast member moments, those like specialty scenarios of like, I could be selected at any moment to be in the dream suite or get even just get a popcorn. And those things matter. I wish they could bring some iteration of that back again for Disney and Disneyland. Totally agree. It's the cast members that make the moments. Absolutely. And I can't, I cannot imagine that it would cost Disney that much to do another version of this and maybe i hope in some meeting they talked about it for the 50th anniversary of disney world but you know i just think that would have been so special because even though we just won the fast passes and we went that was still kind of cool that this guy was like here's a couple lanyards for you and your friend with a bunch of fast pass tabs on it and we got to ride around and you know what she was this is a good friend of mine that had literally just gone through a breakup and we, on a whim, decided to go to Disney World to go cheer her up for a bit. And then this happened on, like, the first day we were there. So that was, like, oh, it's like Disney knew. Maybe that machine. What was that machine that was picking people out? That's a little creepy. I know, it right? Knows, I- it, knows, it knows what people need. <laughs> our, our office was called the cloud, and only the managers knew the secrets behind that machine. So I never learned because I never was a manager. So, Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is something out of like so some like interesting. sci-fi movie or something like this <laughs> machine that ran. If you've watched um, oh Severance, that new Apple TV show, I feel like maybe that's what they're doing down in the basement there. Anyway, um, so okay, one random, totally random question because I've always wondered this about like the Dream Suite at Disneyland and the Cinderella Castle Suite at Disney World. Are these guests like locked in there at night? Because it's not like you can just like you know, walk out and go have an evening late night stroll through, you know, <laughs> Adventureland <laughs> you're in the park at night. Like, are there people there to help them? Like, is there an overnight person? Like, but they're literally like locked in this room, right? They can't really go anywhere. You are right. They are locked in that room. So basically what would happen is <laughs> Disney you- jail, <laughs> right? Disney jail, a really nice Disney jail, but with lots of magical moments in those rooms. But, um, Yeah, you would come back to the parks after closing. 
they would give you the tour and then they would actually take you out after park closing with like a, a we've had a dream suite person that would work the suite. So it was a guest relations cast member and they would work the suite and they would take you on a tour of Disneyland after the park. You could take all your photos, oh. etc., which was really cool. And then you'd go back to the room and, and you were in the room for the night. So staying there overnight with you would be one custodial cast member and one um, dream suite worker from guest relations. So yeah. Did they have like, Wow. Room service brought in? Did they get food? Did they get like I'm I'm very concerned about being locked into Disneyland Park by yourself overnight. This like people listen to Dana and I love horror movies, and I'm like already writing the script right now. <laughs> like this would be a phenomenal horror film, right? Well, you definitely nope, would just me, maybe. <laughs> no, you would hear some strange noises overnight because as you know, Disneyland is 24 hours. So all of the work and everything else would be going on at night. And yes, they try to keep it quiet around the suite. But sometimes when you're doing the overlay on a mansion, you can't, right? So they would hear some interesting things at night. Um, they did have food, but also it depends on who you were. I mean, I've had many a story told to me from the guest relations cast members about when celebrities stayed there and they had midnight cravings and they would just have to go out and figure out where to find it to bring it back for them. <laughs> Bring that in and out burger in at uh, 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Well, and for the record, on a horror film that's Disney related, which would never happen, um, I'm more leaning towards it it's a small world. I feel like those dolls are going to come to life and there'll be some sort of, you know, Wait, living doll nightmare. It, it, haven't you seen it? Have you not seen the Disney horror film? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The yeah. one that... No, 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 no. Well, that's going to be a nightmare. No, oh my gosh. This was like some crazy movie that was filmed a few years ago. I'm going to have to find it. And it was all done in black and white. And it was like this boot, like underground yes, I watched movie this. where I they shot this. at the contemporary. It was like a YouTube video. Yeah. And they shot at the yeah. contemporary. They shot in the parks, small world, like people being possessed at Disney World. Like it, it's the craziest thing I've seen. It's awful. Like, really really bad but they somehow like pulled off filming an entire movie at the parks and put this thing together yeah it was i mean somebody like jumped off the resort building or something i don't know it was nuts it was i don't know about that but i i've watched it before uh because we were like how did this happen it made like some press i want to say this is like 2011 or 2012 yeah. and it was like one guy with a handheld camera and he put his actors that were like a family in different scenes on like Tom Sawyer Island. He filmed a both land and world. There's a moment where they're in Epcot. It's kind of sci-fi esque and it's bad. It's not the plot's terrible. I would not recommend it. And I think Disney was like, we're not even that worried that it exists because it's that bad. But yes. Um, okay. So we have so much more to get through with you, Stephen. I have so many more questions, but why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your other kind of favorite roles that you've had? Um, maybe like some stories that you were like, wow, I can't believe that I get to, to do this job. Like this is my life today is helping people go through a parade route or training, you know, new employees. Like tell us a couple of your favorite memories. Sure. Um, let's see. I really loved being a recruiter. I added up all of the interviews that I did over the years I was there and I have uh, conducted over 9,000 interviews, 
which was pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. In that role, I was not only just interviewing for Disneyland, but I got to interview for roles at Walt Disney World. And I also got to help Alani when they were interviewing for their housekeeping roles. So it was really fun. I think, you know, the best part about that job is that you really are setting the tone for this person's experience, right? Because you're the first people they're meeting when they're, their dream of working for Disney is, you know, almost a reality. And you're the one that gets to tell them like, congratulations, you're going to be working for, you know, the Disneyland resort or whatever it is. So just having that moment with them to share that with them. I had many people cry in my office. I've had hugs and I've had thank you letters. I have a behind me on my wall. I have a um, sketch that one of my sketch artists I hired did for me a Fraggle Rock because she knows I love the Muppets and Fraggle Rock. And one of my hires right now, we keep in contact and he is doing so great. He has been a lead at the main gate and he's just now interviewing for their management program. And it's just awesome to like still keep in touch and see how his career is growing. And yeah, I mean, you can't ask for better. That was just such an amazing experience. Oh my goodness. I love that. Well, and also tell us about, I mean, I probably have a thousand questions about working with Imagineering, but you kind of had two different roles on the corporate side of Disney. So maybe walk us through kind of what were those core differences of working in the theme park to working corporate? Sure. Absolutely. Just like Adam was saying earlier, when we were in corporate, we were employees, not cast members. It was very very distinct line down there. You are not cast members, you're employees of the company. So like I said, I worked for Walt Disney International. The department no longer exists. They've broken it up and separated it out. But at the time, I worked for four VPs in the company and one overseeing finance, one overseeing org effectiveness, one overseeing communications, and one overseeing recruitment. So it was a very busy job because they were always traveling every month. One of them was out of the country. So I learned a lot about visas and working internationally and getting on Zoom calls at 9 p.m. because that's the best time for whatever country we were talking in. But the coolest thing I did while I worked for corporate was we started this thing called On the Lot. It was a show of of sorts That was basically for all of our international employees. Anytime you would become a director or hired, you would fly in to California and you would meet like the leaders, et cetera. Well, sometimes not everybody could do that. So we made this video and we would film the history of the lot, right? So we did like um, the ink and paint or we did, what's the courtyard called with all the Legends Legends Plaza. We do Legends Plaza. So I did that and we would film these videos. I was the host. It was really cool. And it started out just going to our countries around the world. And then before Disney Plus was a thing, there was another one called, oh my gosh, what was it called? And it was in the UK. It was in Australia and it was going to go to Shanghai. And it was the precursor to Disney Plus. And they put my videos on this network where people could actually download them and watch me around the world. And it actually said season one (laughs) on the lot. It was the coolest thing. It was so fun. (laughs) But yeah, that was another great experience. So working for corporate, very different than working at the parks, just very global, right? Like the parks is very centered on making that magic for the guests and and what's happening right there on site. Whereas corporate and Walt Disney Imagineering was all about what's happening around the world. So just a really cool global view of everything going on in all the parks. I love that. Also, you were basically the Imagineering story documentary before... The Imagineering Story documentary existed because you're the one going around being like, here's some fun facts and everything. But 
I love it. Um, and then, so let's let's chat really quickly about your time with Imagineering. You kind of teased out that when you were there, you got to see the progress of and kind of the development of new attractions. And for you specifically, it was the shows and entertainment side. But can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Absolutely, yes. So I worked for a woman named Lori Jordan, who's one of my favorite bosses of all time. Lori actually came from Shanghai. She was doing um, a lot of entertainment over in Shanghai and Bob Weiss brought her over specifically to take over all of the entertainment for the world, for the company around the world. So I worked for her. I was her executive assistant. She oversaw, like I said earlier, everything, spectaculars, parades, et cetera. So it was really cool. We had a weekly meeting where we would have the pitches that would come in from all of the producers and directors around the world. They would pitch their new show or new spectacular or new whatever it was. And I got to run that meeting. That was mine. I would schedule it. I'd bring them in, et cetera. Um, I actually saw the pitch for Harmonious before it was Harmonious, which was really cool to see like what the replacement was going to be. So that was really fun. I also got to see the pitch for Magic Happens before it was called Magic Happens. And Whatever happened to that parade, I hope it comes back someday. <laughs> I never got to see it in person, so I hope it comes back. Me neither, but they've got a great YouTube video of it, and that's all. I, well, okay, so I'm going to have to resort to that. I always try to save it till I see things live, but, you know, I don't know if that one's coming back, so I might have to just YouTube, yeah. <laughs> I'm holding out hope on that one. It, by the way, Adam, I don't think you know what this parade was, but it like debuted what a month before the yeah. pandemic shut down. Oh wow! Maybe not even a full month, and it was like Todrick Hall, I think, choreographed it or something. Um, and it was super big and spectacly, and they had costumes and floats and some unique characters in there that you don't see very often, like um. The, ooh, what's his name? Sword in the Stone wizard guy. Merlin. Merlin, yes. So it was super cool. But again, I resort to only YouTube for knowing anything about that attraction or that parade. Yeah, it was a great time up there. And Spider-Man. Oh, well, cool. oh yeah. I got yeah. Sonics before it was Spider-Man. That was really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, at the time, he was just some metal rods flying through the air. But that was really fun. That is so cool. That's awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Before I let you guys off the hook, at the end of every interview, we like to do our rapid fire favorites with our interviewees. So this is a do not think about your answer. I want you to go quickly through each of these. Um, I might ask you a little bit of why. Uh, because there's all three of us, we might go quicker than normal, but be thinking Unfortunately, because there's three of you, you do get a little bit of lag time to think about something. But I want to know each of your favorites. We'll start with Jen. We'll do Jen, Rudy, and then Steven. So are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll start with Jen. What is your favorite Disneyland ride? Space Mountain. <laughs> Good answer. Seems like an easy answer. Rudy? Yeah. It's a small world. <laughs> oh, and why? I just love the the message that it sends out to the world that we're all all one on this one planet. Oh, good, Stephen. Favorite ride? The Disneyland Railroad. Oh, oh, and why? I feel like if you're gonna stand in line for hours on end, I want to sit down for longer than thirty seconds. So I love those attractions where they're <laughs> a little bit longer, and the railroad's the longest one. <laughs> 
Plus, you get that great diorama, the old Western one and the dinosaurs. Yes. Okay, Jen, favorite Disneyland food? I guess we can open this up to any food, Disneyland or Disney World. My favorite like snack and thing that I look forward to is freshly cooked popcorn. <laughs> it's got to be fresh. I don't want to sit around, but I love popcorn and there's nothing like walking around just snacking on it. Did you have any urge to buy the popcorn scented spirit jersey? <laughs> Well, I did get the popcorn um, lounge fly bag and I got the um, Crocs and I bought Steven a pair and dropped them off on my way back home because we were like, we need these. <laughs> so spirit maybe you might get in your spirit future. jersey. I, I'm not a huge spirit jersey person. So if I was, I would own it, but probably not. <laughs> Do you own a bunch of the popcorn buckets? You know, I, I kind of started when they started coming out, I got them and then I didn't. But this last trip, I went a couple of weeks ago and we were able to get the Elliott ones, which were like not available. And then all of a sudden, two weeks ago when I was there, you couldn't not get one. Like you had to try hard to not, because they were everywhere. They learned from their mistakes with Figment, I guess. Dana, yes. you have a mission. That's awesome. I know Adam wants one. I need to. And I, I never want lazy. the popcorn buckets, but this one, like, yeah, I do. And I have to say, I'm a horrible friend because I bought it two weeks ago and now I'm here at their house and I forgot to bring Stephen and Ruby's that I bought for them. It's still sitting on my kitchen table. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, another trip. You got a plan. Uh, okay, Rudy, favorite Disney food? I love the Bengal barbecue. So the Chieftain chicken skewer is my favorite. If they sold that sauce, I would buy it and put it on everything. I could not love you more. You <laughs> are right. There, there is no other answer. Rudy wins for all things because... <laughs> That skewer is incredible. I love it. Okay, Steven, you got to follow up that one, but Our, good luck. I don't know if I can because he really loves it. But uh, my favorite is the chicken facility from Red Rockets Pizza Port or what is it called? Now? Countdown Chicken. Countdown. Oh, Countdown Chicken. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Countdown Chicken Facility. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes, it is. It's now Alien Pizza Port, and it is the Countdown Chicken Fusili. I was obsessed with that for a long time in my 20s. <laughs> and now that I have a kid, she only eats the spaghetti there. And every time we're there, I'm like, or the Countdown Chicken Fusili so I can steal some bites. And she's just like, no, I'm going to stick with spaghetti. I'm like, cool, cool. Okay, Jen, favorite Disney resort? So I haven't been able to stay at many because like when I would go to Florida, I'd stay with a friend. So I would say... The Grand Californian, because I'm just a Disneyland fan, and that's one I've actually been able to stay at. And I just love to go sit at, like, during the day when it's hot and I need to rest. I just go sit in the lobby there for, like, an hour. Their lobby is beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. Okay, Rudy, since you've worked at a couple of them, that might be a challenging question for you, but favorite resort? Uh, my favorite resort has to be Alani on Hawaii. Oh, good call. We just went in December. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. There's never a bad view in that hotel. No, we have it. We had it. Oh, you did. <laughs> we had the one bad view. It was like parking garage and event center view. Standard view. <laughs> Dude, we're already paying a fortune to stay there. And then you like have to pay a second fortune, like take out a second mortgage on your home to be able to get like a beach view. <laughs> you need to know some cast members to get you the cast member rate. Well, we went, I happened to be married to one, but we went and they, uh, there was nothing because we weren't right around Christmas. So that was not going to happen. But yeah, <laughs> it was, but we did book it with a cheap deal. We booked it, I would say like nine months before we went is when we booked it, but it was beautiful. Like I didn't want to leave. I could have just sat by the pool and we sat on those like terrace steps leading down to the beach. We found like a row of lawn chairs there that we staked as our own every day. 
and pure heaven, pure heaven. All right, Steven, favorite resort. I'm going to have to say the same thing. It's because we went there in our honeymoon. We have themed our whole house. We call it Tropical Disney. We love Olani. Olani's our favorite place. We love it. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's awesome. Favorite Disney movie, Jen. Oh, my goodness. That's so hard. Why is that so hard? I will say I collect Lilo and Stitch, but I don't know if that's my favorite movie. Um, I have to go like maybe with The Little Mermaid just because like that came out when I was like 10, you know, like the first Disney princess in a while. So I it just feel special. And uh, who doesn't want to be Ariel? I mean, I guess you probably don't really want to be her because, you know, you don't want to just give away your voice and go, but it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rudy, favorite Disney movie? I would have to say Mary Poppins. Ooh, good call. Yeah. What did we think of Saving Mr. Banks? Oh, I love Saving Mr. Banks. Don't what ask do we think of Mary Poppins Me Returns. Too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we probably have the same opinion. Uh, <laughs> and Stephen, favorite movie? Disney movie? Mine is uh, Sword in the Stone. Ooh, all right. Oh, that's different. I don't think we've had anyone say that before. It's underrated. No. It is underrated. Uh, okay, I'm going to go backwards now. Favorite Disney song, though, Stephen? Sort of Steven this time. Oh, man, that is tough because I love Disney songs. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to say something crazy. I'm going to say the theme song to Soarin' Over California. Ooh. I love that answer. It's so great. <laughs> I would also have to go with the attraction answer. One of my favorite, uh, well, it's actually a, a show. It's uh, Reflections of Earth. We Are One. Oh. Ooh. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen. Oh my gosh, those are such good answers. And I can't think of like any any songs. <laughs> just say it's a small world on repeat. <laughs> it's a small world. So that Rudy likes me. Uh maybe just that little bit that plays before all of the movies. Cause I get so excited. Like, what movie is coming next? You know, like oh, Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> There's some deep cut songs today. I like it. Okay. Last one I'm gonna go to. And this is a very can be a very controversial one. Jen, what movie or character needs its own ride or representation in the theme parks? I mean, uh, this is not going to be super original as of right now, but I need an Encanto something because I'm obsessed with it. It's amazing. Maybe they could do that like as a show in the Fantasyland Theater or build a ride. Something Encanto. All right, Rudy? I would have to also say Encanto. (laughs) The music. That Lin-Manuel Miranda did is amazing and needs to be on stage performed or in an attraction or show. Steven, you cannot say Encanto. I'm I'm disallowing. I'm disallowing a third Encanto. <laughs> oh man, it's so good though. I really think it needs its own attraction. It's so amazing. That was really going to be my answer before they even said anything. So I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you're still waiting for me. Oh, yeah, I'm still waiting. Right. You're not getting off the hook. Okay. We got we got all day. Here. I have Disney everything, so let's just see. Um, the Muppets? Chippendale. Oh, the Muppets? No, the Muppets have their own. Muppets have a right thing. Hey, Chippendale. Well, just, you're right. They just, just took them away. No, they yeah. don't have their house anymore. It's gone. <laughs> oh. Well, look, thank you guys so, so much for the time today, for sharing your stories. I think this is like, these are my favorite episodes where we get to bring folks on to really hear what life was like working at the parks, a little peek behind the curtain, so to say. 
Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. We have these conversations all the time anyway, so it's nice to have them with other people <laughs> who haven't heard our stories. So that's why Dana and I started the podcast, because we just talked about Disney anyway, so we might as well just you know do it for eight other people to listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Please, we want to put you up on our Instagram at some point, so send us some of your old pictures. Maybe if there's one of you guys from your early years, we would love to all see it. Um, but thank you so much, Rudy, Stephen, and Jen for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. And with that, have a great week, everybody. You too. Bye. Bye.